Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. Today, my guest is Dr. Rachel Wellner, and I'm so excited to have her on, um, and for reasons you might not expect. So Rachel, I'd love, or should I call you Dr. Wellner? Would you like me to call you Rachel? You can call me Rachel. Okay, thank you, welcome. (laughs) Um, Tell me how, um, where you are in life today and how you got here, so to say. I mean, just, of course, we can't, we could be here for hours because I'm sure you've had a very rich life, but, um, you know, how it came to be that you're doing what you do today, more specifically. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, life is funny and, uh, definitely have taken some circuitous journeys and not everything's been easy. Um, and I, I can't say that where I am today has been the result of, of, of some easy experiences, um, um, you know, uh, I've had I've had a difficult journey, but um, I've tried to reinvent myself in such a way that um, things have been productive, helpful to myself and the world. Um, trying to advance the world and society in such a way that um, that I can only help people, help patients, help women and other people with cancer. Um, help uh, children with illness um, move on, help, uh, help teach the world um, about health and, um, and wellness. And uh, that's, that's my mission. Um, that's always been my mission. Um, wow. wow, Rachel, you and I have a lot in common. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I'm not uh, a surgeon. um I can only imagine how uh rigorous of a career that is and then how um you know you're really saving lives like every day of the week um or you know that's pretty exciting um and probably uh, I don't know what it's like to be a surgeon actually well I I am a surgeon but um I had an experience I am a breast cancer surgeon but about seven years ago I had um an experience that rocked my world and changed my life forever um, and I haven't practiced uh, since that time. Um, I was coming home from my job in the Bronx, New York, um, driving, and I, uh, I parked illegally for about a minute. And um, I came out of a store and uh, because of my parking job, I was assaulted by uh, a pair of police officers and um, hmm. get away to safety. I I got into my car, I was able to release myself from the grip of one of the police officers. Um, and, uh, you know, non-forcefully, I was able to um, to shake free of the male officer and um, and drive away. And I was accused of, um, of hitting him with my car, which didn't happen. Oh, Proved in a court of law years later, but... Unfortunately, there was a lot of sensationalism that that didn't happen and I hit him and oh my god uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I lost my position I'm so sorry to hear lost, that lost 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 everything I knew 
Wow. My wow. career, my friends, my job, my home. And um, so, so I, I, uh, I've had to sort of forge a new life and um, yeah, now you're out in LA. I moved out West and wow. I've written a couple of books. I've written a series of children's books. That, this is my third that just got released. Well, let me see, let me see. Doctor, <laughs> what is it? Doctor Doc 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 Ruin, the case of the red hot Hawaiians. So the Hawaiian, the children of Hawaii uh, on the big island are um, getting sick with sort of red splotchy um, anathema spots. And so Dr. Rue, who's the kangaroo doctor, she's our hero in all the stories. Um, she flies out, she, she pilots her own plane. She's, she's really a Renaissance woman. And she goes out there to figure out what's going on with the, with the Hawaiians. And um, she has to figure out why their skin is turning red and, um, and becoming irritated and painful. So that's, uh, that's sort of the plot of the book and, um, and all the books that have come out, that's sort of the, uh, that's, that's what happens. There's a mystery uh, that's making the children uh, or the animals of the area uh, become ill and she has to solve the, the crisis or the problem. And uh, all of these, um, all these happen in different sort of exotic locations in the, in the world. She's Australian. So one of the, uh, one of the um, mysteries happens at home in Sydney, um, but uh, one of them happens in the US, which is exotic for her. And uh, the third happens in Hawaii, which is also in the US, which is exotic for her. Um, so so I, I like to, I wanna teach the children about, uh, you know, foreign locations, some place different for them and some uh, landmarks that they are not used to. So that's part of the uh, of the experience is that they get to learn about someplace new and um, and uh, you know you get some cultural competence going as well as learning about um, uh, about uh, trying to figure out what's happening to these animals so they get to learn about some nice. some, some medicine and some yeah. So um, might just inspire I, some young doctors, you know, by your book. Yeah, that's what I hope. I hope that it inspires some young doctors and also empowers yeah. some children how to take care of themselves and not to be afraid. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it sounds like it was a very healing experience for you to write these books. It was. And, uh, you know, I've done some of the things I've written a few, a few novels. Um, you have. Yeah, a few, um, a few novels, um, a, a movie, which is, that's to be announced. I don't want to reveal the uh, the surprise. Okay, and, yeah, you're out in LA, you might as well, right? <laughs> exactly. And uh, I started a biotech company, which is um, oh. sort of on the precipice. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a cancer identification uh, company, which... Um, identifies the cancer probably, um, I don't know the number yet, but hopefully a, a, you know, exponentially sooner than our current technology. That's incredible. Us. So currently, yeah, so currently, you know, say a woman with breast cancer has to wait maybe day, day to several days um, to get her uh, results um, for breast cancer and the technology that, um, that uh, I've sort of uh, discovered would allow her to find out right away within seconds um, that she wow. and hopefully uh, 
much, much more information than just whether she has cancer or not. And, um, and that's uh, the company that, that uh, I've, um, that uh, I founded and uh, started. And uh, that's what I'm working Amazing. on right now. Amazing, Rachel. That's really, really meaningful. Cause I know for a fact, after all the uh, years I've been in this business, uh, a cancer diagnosis completely turns your life upside down like a traumatic event, different than the one you had, but turns your life upside down. You're never the same afterwards. Um, I have a family member who was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 40. And, uh, and I saw you know, the, the impact um, that cancer can have on somebody's uh, life. And I, you saw it for probably over a decade in your career as a surgeon. Absolutely. It's intense. Um, and I, I, I'm really clear that early prevention is the key. So I'm really hopeful about your technology coming to the public um, in a way that's, that's meaningful. I mean, I, I have the impression, correct me if I'm wrong, that we all have cancer in our bodies, but that it doesn't express itself as metastatic necessarily until our DNA mutates at a certain level. Is that accurate? You know, I, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that, you know, I would say that, you know, we have our, we have our body that's healthy. We have our DNA that maintains the health of our body and our body is always trying to, to mutations are always trying to form, but our DNA keeps the mutations in check. Mm. And when our DNA experiences enough wear and tear, as we age, those mutations get through the gate, so to speak. It makes sense. Yeah. Or toxins or stress or, you know, those things. And those are, those are always the things that are challenging the DNA. Um, those are, you know, those, whether it's toxins, poor diet, just cigarette smoke, you know, you name it, genetics, those are the sort of, you know, um, and genetics actually are, are within the DNA that are, that, that are, are actually impairing the DNA, but those are the sort of uh, challenges to the DNA and, um, and, and constantly saying to the DNA, well, you know, challenging, wake up, wake up, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get through and cause a, a phenotypic cancer. And the DNA always has to remain on guard, um, stopping these cancers from, from, or stopping these cells from going rogue and, um, and getting through and forming an actual cancer, mm -hmm. um, and getting through and then spreading to other parts of the body. And you're right that cancers do actually form. And then other parts of the body still have to go off and kill the cancers like our lymphatic system. And there's, there's, you know, our body is, is, is amazing is wrought with, with, yes, with lymphatic systems and other types of guardians that uh, protect us against, against cancer and other types of diseases. So, you know, it's not just one checkpoint. It's, we have a lot of checkpoints that stop, um, you know, a cancer from necessarily forming or, mm -hmm. or doing a lot of damage in the body. Um, so it's, a, it's a complicated story and, you know, there's a lot of, uh, factors that would lead to actually, you know, forming a cancer or taking somebody's life from a cancer. Right. Yeah. My so, gosh. You know, so, so it's, it's definitely not just a simple story. It's a very complex. Yeah. Story. Like you nature know. itself, like the human body itself. But I spent a lot of time educating people on um, how to, you know, keep their cells proliferating healthily and happily. Um, and it works. I mean, the, the work I've been doing really, really works. Um, it's pretty exciting, but you know, once you've got that cancer diagnosis though, I mean, it's, 
it is it is pretty life altering. So I'm hopeful that these kids who read your books will be um, inspired to be doctors and to learn how to solve problems. It's pretty exciting. I love it too. And I have to tell you, you know, we had a very interesting few minute conversation before, uh, you know, the podcast started about, um, you know, sort of not to jump around, but reinvention. And 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 I say that because, you know, if you think about cancer, which is you know, when, when life hits you and, and cells start to reinvent in a bad way and how do you sort of, you know, go capture those bad cells and put them in a bucket and get rid of them. And, uh, and then, you know, restart your life uh, without those bad cells, you know, um, you know, have, 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 you know, somehow capture the light and, um, and start everything in a, in a good way and know that you're going to land on your feet and know, uh, that, that things are going to be positive and wonderful again. Yeah. You know, you were telling me that you just, you know, on faith started your own business and every day you sort of have to put one foot in front of the other and know, that you're going to be okay. And uh, yeah. I, I, just, I remember during surgical residency, people just asked me, how do you know that you're ever going to be a surgeon? And I just used yeah. to say, I don't know. I just know that every day I just put one foot in front of the other. I don't know that I'm ever going to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like part of, you know, reinventing ourselves, um, you know, after a traumatic experience, and, and I can't say that my former uh, professional experiences weren't somewhat traumatic, and, you know, like those bad cells from those memories, I mean, most people reinvent themselves because they're unhappy in a marriage, in a relationship, at work, um, or they have some kind of, you know, cat catastrophic event, a health uh, event, or even a traumatic event um, like yours, which I'm so sorry about. Thank you. Um, and, and those bad cells, you know, that you're describing, I love the way you described it, kind of like a dark and light analogy. I used to think that we could just kind of skip over them or shove them under the rug. And I you think can't. you can't, we can't skip steps and we have to go through it. We have to go through that sort of, sort of say dark night of the soul. Yeah. And, um, and we have to like, just like a toxins leave our body, you know, though, though we have to release them, let them go, but we also have to experience them, right. They serve their role in teaching us uh, not to play with the knife you know, the sharp knives the same way the second time or how to set boundaries in relationships or um, in your case, I don't know what sense you can make out of that actually, because it was, it just sounds like it was a, um, an accident. You know, it's interesting. I've gone through in my head in, in, in every million way, you know, million different scenarios. How could I have prevented this? What did I do? How could I have taken accountability? And, you know, I, I would have let them take my car, not showing up at the store, not, but, you know, I have found things in my life that I would have done differently in different ways and, and that are so remote, you know, so hard, you know, that, that if I would have explained to another human being how X is connected to Y, nobody in the world would make the connection but me, hmm. you know, in terms of reaping what you sow and sowing what you reap. And uh, I mean, I mean, nobody in the world would make the connection, but like something showing up in a dream that somehow I feel was connected to that, you know, event. And um, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, um, it's just sort of hard to explain. Um, you know, sometimes, 
trauma doesn't necessarily make linear sense. No, that's true. Um, I agree with that. You know, I'll even, I'll even pose a very strange uh, theorem right now. I mean, my, my four grandparents were Holocaust survivors. Um, wow. I mean, you know, I, I'm thinking about what's going oh, on sure. in Ukraine right now. And, um, you know, it's, you know, just 70 years ago, my, they, my grandparents were Jewish and they were in the opposite situation, you know, the same situation in, in, in Poland, in those countries, same part of the world. And, you know, most of them, they were sent to these death camps and other places. And somehow the four of them survived. Most of them didn't. And treacherous stories, I, I, I can't repeat them and tell them. It's just that they're, it's, it's not for human consumption. To right. Tell I'm, yeah, I hear that. And, and it's like this generational um, wounding that we're it gets, you know, you want to talk about the DNA and genetics. I mean, there's a whole field of epigenetics, which is the trauma that circulates around the DNA yes. and gets into your, D, gets around your DNA and actually affects the DNA, Amazing. Or, you know, and, and can, and can alter it from, yeah. tra from trauma Yeah, um, in, in either direction. Right. So again, going back to that dark light analogy, it's like the darkness has to like you know, be siphoned out, right? We have to let go of it, release it, go through it, um, and then like transform it, you know, transmutate it, allow it to, you know, through a process of alchemy, which for me, you know, is like taking what's real, honestly looking at myself in the mirror and saying, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't, I don't have a, a, I have a plan, but like, you know, it's not always going toward my plan. Um, and it's like, I have to have so much faith and so much trust in something I can't see or know. Yeah. And whether you believe in God or not, we all have a certain degree of that just to be able to like get ourselves up out of bed and, you know, continue on because at our age, I mean, life has probably not turned out exactly the way we thought it would. <laughs> I mean, I can probably, probably not for anybody, you know, I can, um, yeah. Some things exceeded our wildest expectations and others, you know, greatly uh, did not. And uh, it's just interesting. Um, I think when you get into your, your mid and, and late forties and fifties, and you start to kind of have to be really honest about yourself. And I, right now we're having an epidemic of anxiety and depression. And I think a lot of it is related to this ability to transform um, and get out of bed and trust and have faith. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think so. I mean, like, look, uh, we've just lived through a pandemic, um, which is not quite over yet. I mean, who thought we would have lived through that in our lifetime, right? Um, you know, and and now uh, another another war, and um, and yes, we 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 have a, another epidemic of mental health crises going on as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. It, life's hard <laughs> life's hard nobody ever said it was going to be easy yeah you know, I, I, I look at you and um you know I see nothing but exuding confidence and I see nothing but success and, and I, I tell you like um with everything that that I've been through which you know you saw me sort of break into a little bit of, a, of tears um I'm happy um I love I love this um you know, uh, I, I love getting up in the morning and, 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 you know, I have another nine more books of these that I'm, that I, that I'm already writing. Um, Amazing. You know, I, um, I'm writing the, the second adult novel. Um, 
I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's so there's just another chapter. Um, I don't know where it's going to take me, but I think it's, it's just sort of someplace good. And, um, you know, I, I, I almost feel like, okay, the surgery was the front lines. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that was my, you know, my tour of duty with the Marine Marines or something. And then this is, this is now my, my adults, uh, job. I don't, I don't know. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Not, not that surgery isn't an adult job. <laughs> Very <laughs> adult. <laughs> Your second adult job. Right. Um, now exactly. with the, the wisdom that you've been cultivating from that and all the other experiences of life. So tell me, um, how do you, uh, you know, maintain your health? Like what are some of the things you do uh, just, I'm, just I'm, I'm drinking it as we <laughs> you know, people don't people don't like this but you know but those of you who are just listening she's got a very very deep green drink that she is consuming that's delicious I'm telling you not to not to advertise this moon juice it's like unbelievable I love moon juice <laughs> my favorite Abbott Kinney or where's the one that next to you I think it's the one on Abbott Kinney yeah, yeah. um they're good across so, the street from Cafe Gratitude another one of my yeah. favorite places. I try make sure I try to exercise and drink my vegetables and juice and try to sleep and uh you know I'm actually in the process of restoring my health I will not lie when this thing happened to me I really lost my health um and I'm in the process of restoring it um That's great good for you we're all working so, on it every day you know I am in the process of restoring it it was really bad yeah, um, sorry. Happened. Like I had lost the ability to walk for a couple of years. Um, and now I'm walking and wow. exercising. And um, I will tell you and your audiences that that has come from prayer and meditation and yoga and, wow. uh, and diet and, um, you know, uh, not much from medicine, uh, not a, a little bit, you know, I've had some injections in the back and things like that, but yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of alternative health and stuff like that. A lot of their long-term solutions uh, that I know of really come from exactly what you're describing. And even when we look at your, um, your body keeps the score um, and some of the other books about trauma, uh, the, the greatest results they had in their clinical research uh, was really through movement and uh, yoga, things like yoga and meditation. So above and beyond shock therapy and EMDR and all the other things, um, which was to my surprise. I remember reading those books and being like, okay, what's the secret? How do you resolve this trauma? And they're like, yoga and meditation? I'm like, really? <laughs> like, this is the guy at the top of his field, but yeah, you're like, it doesn't make sense. You're like, it doesn't make, you know, and look, I come from Western medicine, right? right. It's, it couldn't be more resistant. Yeah. And so, I mean, I've been um, practicing yoga now for almost 30 years. And so mm -hmm. I I've seen what it's done to so many people over that time. And we work like Iyengar. So it's like, you know, yoga therapy. Um, so I, I, I am aware of it firsthand, but to have it clinically proven like that was really, um, eye-opening for me and affirming in so many ways, but when you're feeling like really tired, what's your go-to? Is it like watching Netflix? Is it sleeping? Is it, um, I don't know, favorite food or like, what do you have something that you do when you're really tired? You know, I have to be honest. I, 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 I have to sleep. <laughs> no, that's great. I thought a lot of people I have to sleep. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, is there anything when I was younger, it was exercise. Um, yeah. yeah. But at this point I have to, I do have to sleep. Um, my boyfriend doesn't need as much sleep as I do. <laughs> and so like, sometimes I'll get like really cranky and I'm like, I just need to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm like really yeah. tired. Yeah, and then, and then I was like, it used to used to be like, let's go for a run. Let's go play tennis. Let's you know, whatever. No, it's like, I need my sleep. Like if I don't get my sleep, I'm super cranky. I just, it's so funny. I'm such a little girl like that. I love to sleep. And as I get older um, and my hormones are changing, I notice that uh, sleep is starting to change. And I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta address that. Um, yeah. I think the way no, I was a, as a young kid, I did not need sleep. I, I mean, literally I go around the clock. I, I, I slept an hour a night. I didn't need, I didn't need any sleep mm, so good as, a, as a surgeon. Cause it's a good thing. Cause they didn't let you sleep, but <laughs> My goodness. Wow. What an amazing um, experience you've had. Um, and this journey, you know, for those of you out there who are thinking about pivoting careers or who you're, yourself have had a traumatic experience and are recovering, yeah. you know, just, just traded. I love surgery. I have to say, I miss it sometimes so much. I, I love the, the, you know, the art of surgery. It is beautiful. Yeah. And even thinking about a career in it. I mean, it's not an easy career and you have to think about it long and hard, but I still love it. Mm. You know, I miss it. Yeah. But follow your heart folks, keep the faith. Um, and um, just so excited, Rachel, anything you want to leave our listeners with um, as last words of wisdom? Well, um, I'm going to get choked up again. That's okay. Thank There's you. There's been many, many times where I wanted to give up. Yeah. Never give up. Yeah. Never give up. There's always tomorrow. You do not know what tomorrow is bringing. Mm. There's always good things. There are bad things, but there's, there's good things too. And remember they balance out. Yeah. So even though, yes, there's bad things, but there's good things. They balance out. You know, don't for as many bad things as you may think are coming. There's so many good things. Yeah, they have to be there. They, they have they have to be even if bad thing after bad thing comes. Yeah, so many good things have to come. It's true. So for you know you know for a young person who's going through hell or a, an older person who's sick or whoever you are, somebody who's poor or decrepit or ill or in impoverished or whatever your situation is it's you know the it, it changes it can Constantly. change and it does change it does yeah so remember that that's what i say remember yeah you know I, my young life i spent going on medical missions to nicaragua and india and wow. and dominican republic and and all sorts of places like this and and one thing I always saw in the worst crisis, the worst crisis was love. Love was so permeated the world. So yeah. never forget that. Ever present. Never forget that. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you for being here. And uh, you've been an inspiration and a good reminder for me. Be well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. 
Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be a value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast dash guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.